You know, we've come a long way in the last 12 months. If we think about where we were, some of us last year at this time and where we are now, it's uh, been a lot of change, but, but, but a, lot, a lot of challenges, but, but um, we're on the right pace. We're, we're, we're going in the right direction. Hey, everybody. Chris Avery with you on Chargers Weekly. That was General Manager Tom Telesco at his end-of-season press conference. And a bit later, we're going to play that presser for you in its entirety. But first, Dan Wojcicki of the LA Times joins me to recap the 2017 season with a look towards the offseason. All right, Dan Wojcicki joins me on Chargers Weekly as we close the books on the 2017 season. And Dan, I can't believe the season's over, man. Did it go by fast for you, your first season on the beat? Yeah, I mean, it it, it really flew by, I think, you know, thinking back to to being in Costa Mesa for training camp and, and even, you know, driving down to San Diego for OTAs and stuff like that. Um, it, it is pretty wild that it's it's all over this quickly. I mean, I guess when when you build every week towards you know because both both of us we we, we've done other sports before we know the nba actually it's like that when when there's 82 games it it it, you're all just the games to start to run together and run together you forget which day of the week it is you don't know what town you're in um this i think is like because every week it kind of builds to an, an event and resets i don't know i think that made it go by faster i think the fact that the chargers were in it made it go by faster. And, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't feel like it dragged. I don't know. How, how did you, did you feel like it went no, by pretty quickly? I didn't feel like it. I mean, in fact, I, I feel like we were just at that Jack Hammett sports complex for training camp. I mean, it, it, it felt, yeah. you know what it felt like, Dan, it felt like a couple of mini seasons for me kind of wrapped up into one. Cause you had that Owen four and it, you know, we talk about basketball sure. and Owen four start in the NFL is the equivalent to like a 10 15 game losing streak in the NBA you know so so that felt a little bit longer than the rest of it but you know these guys they they closed the year on a high note they beat the Raiders 30 10 but they didn't get the help they needed to get in the tournament I think that's the the most disappointing part of it all is because these guys won nine of their last 12 games and I can tell you this other than the Patriots and Steelers I don't think there's any team in the AFC that was as hot as the Chargers, even the Chiefs. You know, the Chiefs beat the Chargers twice, but the Chargers were clicking at the right time, and I would have loved to see these guys get in the postseason. Well, I think it would have been good for them, too, just to kind of get into one of those other, like, really kind of big-game scenarios because, you know, that that was something this year. I, I talked to Antonio Gates about this, that, you know, they, they really didn't do very well this year kind of playing from in front. Yeah, you know, and it's and it's they never really were actually in front per se, but you know there were expectations at the start of the season and they struggled. Um, there were expectations after they won three and zero and then they struggled again. I, I think um, there were expectations as they went into Kansas City and they struggled. And they kind of made it too big of a, a thing. I think it would have been kind of good for them as a as a, as a team um, to kind of go into a, a one and done situation, you know, even if you lose, but just to kind of have that experience, I think would have been beneficial moving forward because um, this is a team that I think is kind of built to be playing big games here for a little while. Um, you know, certainly I think next year it could line up where they'll be playing some, some really big football games. And I think having that playoff experience would really help um, for them to kind of get to where they needed to go. But yeah, I agree with you. They just, you know, they did kind of what they could, um, 
but this is going to be a year that they'll look back on. I think they'll feel good about nine and three, but ultimately Chris, I think they'll be kind of kicking themselves for the mistake. No pun intended. Um, yeah. in kicking themselves, but for, for, for them, for the mistakes that happened early in the year, um, the mistakes in Jacksonville, um, those to me are kind of the unforgivable sins when you kind of, when you look at 2017 and say, you know, why is this team right home right now? Well, they didn't get the help from other teams in, in, you know, week 17, but they didn't get the help from themselves in kind of those situations too. Yeah. You get to look back to week one, you get the, the field goal blocked. Yep. Big mistakes, big mistakes. The well, here, I'll even go back. Let's go, let's go back even further. Um, in week one, a, a play that I, at the time I wrote about, I thought it was the biggest play in the game was in the first quarter on Denver's second drive was Casey Hayward dropping. Oh, the pick six um, would have changed that entire six. game, Dan. Exactly. I, that's, I agree. That's a vivid, vivid memory from the, from the season. Casey played as well as any quarterback played in the league this year. That's the yep. one play that probably would have changed that game and maybe the course of the season. You know, again, it come, it came down to some kicking issues in those first two games but man that that's the play that's going to stick out I, I'm 100% with you on that yeah to me that was one where you know I think early in that game they'd kind of the starters had played with such good momentum um in the preseason that that was kind of like here's the carryover of all of that um this is a group that's going to be way dangerous let's you know and I think Trevor Simeon got confident after that he ended up having a good game which he didn't have very many of those um I think it kind of you know, kept the crowd in the game, which I think bothered the offense. Um, totally, you know, maybe you don't want to say there's a season changing play, um, you know, three drives into the season. Um, that's one that stuck out to me. Um, obviously the, the kicks at the end of the game that Vance Joseph's able to get that timeout in that young way um, you know, um, well, it really wasn't his fault. I don't no, think he made the because um, he made so the first one right, and they called the timeout. He made the he yep. made, he, yeah, he makes the first one. Um, Denver's able to kind of put Dan Feeney, you know, playing in his first pro game and able to kind of slip past him and, and and block a kick. I think you know that I think hurt Young Way's confidence going forwards. It, it, it really there's there's so many things that just kind of dominoed early in the year. Um, I wrote about this on Sunday, you know, because I watched that game uh, against the Raiders and. And I was, it was an impressive win, and I probably should have written about that. But I don't know, but I couldn't help it. I couldn't stop thinking about the past. I, you know what I mean? And yeah. Sunday, and kind of the reasons why they didn't get there. These little mistakes over the course of the season that I think ultimately they they add up and they put you in a position where you you have to rely on other people. And um, you know the Chargers weren't able to get kind of all the outcomes that they needed. Um, you know, it was just too much the razor thin margin, you know, we talk about all those plays yep. at the beginning had, let's say the Ravens had lost an extra game. The head to head against the Buffalo bills would have got you in the playoffs. You know, I mean, that's, Correct. that's how close they were to getting into this tournament. And it was emotional after the game. I, if you haven't seen it, I suggest people go check out the post game message coach Lynn gave to the team. But on that Monday, Dan, I think you probably saw the same thing. I saw a coach that looked pretty confident and optimistic and really exciting, uh, excited rather, entering the offseason. Well, I mean, they're going to bring back virtually the same team in a lot of ways. Um, you, you know, I mean, I think there'll be some kind of competition for Gus Bradley, defensive coordinator. I think there'll be teams that want him. Um, you know, and, and if it's a head coaching job, I think the Chargers will, will say, you know, go have fun. Good luck. Um, if it's another DC job, I think the Chargers need to fight to keep him. Um, to me, that's, that's one big area. 
But, you know, you look at the up and down the roster. I mean, Antonio Gates is, is a really showy free agent. But, you know, if we can remove some sentiment, you know, he's, he's a backup tight end. Um, a really good one, probably as good of a backup tight end as there is in the NFL, but the future's Hunter Henry at that position. Um, you've got uh, guys up front, Kenny Wiggins and Matt Slauson, um, but you also have Forrest Lamp, you know, who a lot should of people be on the forget about Forrest Lamp, yeah. You, you know, and I think, um, you know, I had a chance to talk to Kenny Wiggins. He wants to be a Charger, but he also understands that the team has Forrest Lamp, and they drafted Forrest Lamp kind of to play that position. So I think there, there's, you know, some questions there on defense. Adrian Phillips is an important free agent. Um, you know, will he be back? He was super important to what they were doing on defense. Um, you know, but we're, but we're not, but we're not talking about Melvin Ingram or Joey Bosa or Casey Hayward um, or Julia Ladai. Trey Boston is probably someone we should mention. Mm-hmm. Um, he's important. I think to their defense, he, he turned out to be a nice find. And I think he'll probably command a pretty good paycheck this summer. And you know, whether or not it fits the Chargers' budget, um, that remains to be seen, but you know, the, the, the core pieces, it seems to me are all kind of there. And, um, I think that's why there's some excitement kind of moving forward, knowing that, you know, they can tweak things. They're going to add a kicker. Um, you know, they, well, they have to add a kicker probably four or five, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I, th- I, 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 it's like how soon is the to draft one of those guys? All seven rounds. Um, you Thank know, you. I, I think yeah, you'll, you'll do that. The team will get better in the draft. Uh, this is a team that this year didn't get a lot out of Mike Williams, their first round pick, who was unhealthy. So the, the, the hope is is that you know between him and Forrest Lamb coming back next year, it's almost like having two extra draft picks. Exactly. Um, you, you know, so I think that's kind of you put all those things together. I think that's why there's some confidence moving forward is that this team is more the nine and three version than they were the zero and four version. And, and I tend to believe that too. And you know what, Dan, you, you got to give Telesco in the personnel department, a ton of credit for some of these fines. I mean, we talk about Trevor Williams being thrust into action after week one and the yeah. job he did on the other side of Casey oh, Hayward. Yeah. I mean, that's the other one. Jason Verrett will be back next year. Too. Yes. Yes. And then, then we also talk about Desmond King, you know, a fifth round pick who was great. I think, Gus Bradley in that defensive coaching staff deserves a lot of credit for finding the perfect place for him in the nickel and just his contributions, both on defense and special teams. To your point, when you don't have guys like Mike Williams right away and then Forrest Lamp goes down, your high draft picks to get contributions from some of these, you know, mid-round guys and even undrafted guys. When you talk about Trevor Williams, I mean, I think that was a really underrated part of the season. Yeah, I mean Austin Eckler. You know, Austin Eckler. Oh my fumbles, gosh! Though. But but you know, I think as someone who will be a part of their offense in the future, um, they, they've they've kind of found these people, and I I think they did do a good job kind of filling in a roster. I think um, you know, obviously signing Russell Okung turned out to be um, a really good smart move. You know, able to play 15 to 16 games, um, really stable over there, and I think a good leader for that offensive line. Uh, Dan Feeney was a guy. Um, as a rookie who stepped up, I think, and, and the people I've talked to, offensive line play is always kind of hard for, for people like me to judge, but the people I've talked to feel really confident about him moving forward, that he's a guy who's just going to continue to get better and better and better because of how smart he is and how tough he is and how much he, he really enjoys kind of the grind, I think. And, and him having half season of Matt's loss and to kind of teach him what it's like to be an NFL player, I think was invaluable. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of those guys. I'd say, I, I think the staff does get a lot, should get a lot of credit for, especially on that, like you mentioned, the defensive side of the ball, um, the development, I think of the, uh, interior, the young interior defensive linemen and, and Darius Phylon and Damian square, I think were really important pieces to this defense getting better this year. Um, you know, I think one area, Chris, where, where they'll need to get better is I think they need more talent at linebacker. I think they would admit that, um, more depth, certainly. Um, that this was a team when Denzel Perriman went down um, while they, they kind of fought the good fight. I, I, I think um, they'd like to kind of be a little more talented there. Um, you know, again, at, at, you, you look around, but I mean, where else are the, the big holes on defense? It, it really doesn't feel like, you know, maybe this was a group that overachieved a little bit because of the system. And I think adding talent will help, but um, this, you know, I kind of, I kind of like this defense's attitude and I, I don't really see any reason why I wouldn't, be look similar next year especially if you can keep the continuity like you mentioned keep keep Gus Bradley unless he gets an attractive yeah. head coaching offer somewhere um and I, I should mention we're taping this in the middle of the week Tom Telesco is going to speak later in the week so he may answer some of these questions or may talk about some of these things what, later is, that, in the week. what is that guy know Chris yeah I'd what is <laughs> yeah, what does Tom know <laughs> yeah but, you know, you mentioned the offensive line, too, and it's no coincidence that Philip Rivers had one of his best years. He was sacked 36 times last year, Dan. Cut that in half this year. He was sacked only 18 times. Uh, his lowest interception yep. total since 2009, just 10. Six yep. of them came against the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think perhaps most importantly, he's 36 years old, and he showed really no signs of slowing down. Yeah, no, he. he I mean, that was, I think, it was as big for him as it was, I think, kind of for, for the Chargers this year. I think that, um, you know, he had mentioned to me after the Dallas game, um, we kind of had a, had a talk, uh, just the two of us in the locker room, and kind of had said that, yeah, he had kind of heard sort of the the people were maybe trying to retire him a little bit. Sure. <laughs> and, you know, um, whether it was going to be this year or soon, and, and I think he, he kind of proved to some people um, that, you know, and, and he proved to himself that he was able to still be really productive. Obviously those two chiefs games, I think will be tough for him to get over. And, and that was, I think there was, especially in the second chiefs game, a little bit of regression for him in terms of trying to do a little too much. But I think that was, to me, was kind of the, the big takeaway from watching Philip play this year was that very controlled and confident in his playmakers, confident in Keenan Allen, um, getting the ball to guys in situations where they, you know, they didn't have to take tremendous risk. You know, you get the ball quick. You don't worry about taking sacks. Um, you don't have to fit it into the tightest windows. Um, you just kind of let your skill guys go. And I, and I think that's why, you, you know, the interceptions were so low. Um, they did They were, you know, and then when you take your shots, um, you know, the defense is a little softened up. And I think, especially as the season went on, um, even more and more careful with the football, and I think the offense, you know, played better in those situations um, than they did early in the year when maybe they were a little looser, I think, and maybe taking more chances. This was a group, I think, that was trying to figure out how much of Anthony Lynn's kind of fingerprint should be on this offense, how much of it should be Ken Wisenhunt's. I think that kind of got them off to a little bit of a slower start. I, I think on the whole, Chris, I feel like this offense ultimately, and it's weird to say this, did maybe underachieve a little bit. Um, certainly didn't score as many touchdowns as kind of the yardage would suggest. And I think that's something they need to address uh, this, this off season. They'll do that self scouting and kind of all that stuff, but, you know, certainly was good enough. I think to be in the playoffs um, just kind of didn't work out. Um, but 
you know, yeah, I think Philip Rivers, to me, I think, you know, you kind of go in, you, you go into this summer, I think still kind of on the same, same place you were last year where you do need to start planning for life post rivers. But I think there's a, a pretty good sense that it does, you know, it's not like you have to do this right away. I, I think that you can be pretty confident, um, at least in the short term future that you, you still got a really productive quarterback on the roster. Yeah. And I think coach Lynn talked about it on Monday. He said the running game is not where it needs to be yet. And we saw, we saw Melvin Gordon have a really good year. His first time over a thousand yards rushing and, and he was great in the passing game this year. But I think that there were some times where the running game, you know, you were getting two, three yards when you should be getting five, six yards. And I think that's going to be something that I think Coach Link can kind of fine tune a little bit this offseason. To your point, I think they started out a little bit slow trying to figure out who they were going to be. And I think they figured out that they should center it around Keenan Allen because this guy, man, got 102 catches, uh, a single season franchise record. I think he was second receiving yards in franchise history just to a Hall of Famer, Lance Allworth. What can you say about Keenan Allen's year coming back from knee surgery? And I think we saw it all kind of click in the middle of the season. Yeah, no, I mean, he, um, I think, I think he was someone who it's a great example of like being physically healthy and then being like a hundred percent mentally healthy and, yep. and confident kind of in where, you know, the knee was at, um, the way that he's had to, uh, you know, two really freak injuries to end his last two seasons. I think, first of all, to see him play 16 games, um, huge boost for everyone involved. But, but yeah, no, he looked every bit the part of one of the NFL's best receivers this year. And I think um, he does it kind of in his own way. And, and it's with craftiness, it's with quickness and precision. And I think kind of midway through the season, we really kind of saw all of that sort of come back. Um, you know, the, Philip Rivers and other guys said that they swore that they saw it earlier in the summer. I think it just took time for Keenan to kind of figure it out to me. He's without question the comeback player of the year. Um, I, I don't see that going to anyone else. Who I else think is it's even, kind of who else is even in category? I was trying to figure that out. Like who, who else would get that award over Keenan? I mean, over no, but I mean like Philip Rivers would be somebody that, yeah, I guess consider, so. I think, yeah. kind of, you, you know, um, Josh McCown would be somebody I think, um, but but really, it's I mean, come on, yeah, you know, it's it's Keenan Allen. Uh, let's not overcomplicate this. And, and and I think, you know, moving forwards, I, I don't know that you go into next season counting on 16 games of Keenan Allen. This still was the first time he's ever done it. But I think now that you've seen him do it, um, you know, you don't necessarily maybe worry quite as much. And I think he's a guy still a young player, um, only going to get stronger again this summer. Um, you know, no reason to think he won't have another really big year next year. 25 years old. You know, you, you don't think about that because so young. when when a guy's in, in the in the league for, for four seasons, I don't know, you, I guess you think late 20, 25 years old. I mean, talk about well, a nucleus okay, with like, him and Henry and Benjamin. And, do we think Keenan, does Keenan listen to the podcast? We, I hope I so. I think, too much I think Keenan just looks a little older than 25. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna clip this for him for maybe maybe training camp next year. We'll get him on and just say, "Hey, this is what yeah. Dan Wojcik, the LA Times, had to say about you, Keenan." I mean, like, no, but I mean, he <laughs> he just looks a little older, doesn't he? Yeah, well, he's got the uh, he's got the money beard, the Slayer beard. You know, I think that's what maybe gets you off guard a little bit. The long beard, the bald head. I mean, I think you know, again, like it feels like. You know, people have been drafting him on their fantasy team since like 1997. <laughs> it, it does feel like he's been around a really long time, and it's one of those things. Like, 
oh wow, only twenty five. It's unreal, man. It's, it's unreal. crazy. It's crazy. Well, you know, everybody's looking at the off season, but we got to look into the future a little bit more. You know, two years down the line, we're going to be at this new stadium. You got a tour of it today, right? I did. I was able to uh, able to see it. Um, it's really big. I think um, that's my expert opinion on it so far. <laughs> breaking, <laughs> you know, it, it, yeah, breaking news. It is. It is large. Uh, I think it's going to be really cool, and um, it, it's kind of it's in that process now where. I think as, as people, most people, I mean, people get the cool thing about it is people get a chance to look at it, right? Anytime you fly into Los Angeles and LAX, and if you're sitting on the right side of the plane, you're probably going to get a pretty good look at it. I think you're going to start seeing more and more the shape of a stadium. And, and that's kind of where they're at right now. I mean, you can see where the 50 yard line is going to be. You have an idea of where the end zones are, the tunnel, um, you know, the, the ramp down into the tunnel for players before the games starting to kind of come together. Um, it's a really impressive project and there's a lot of work left to be done. Obviously, um, two years is a long time, but I know for me, Chris, the big takeaway when I had there is, you know, I'm a recent homeowner. I'm trying to figure out how to hang string lights outside and I'm watching these guys put together a stadium and I just felt like (laughs) totally worthless. Like I could not have felt, I could not have felt worse about my handiness. Listen, whatever you think you are as as far as being a handy person or not, put me like 10 notches below you because I can't do any of that stuff. Did you have to wear a, you a know, hard hat? Did you have to wear a hard hat? I did. I did. And as soon as um, Dean Spano saw me wearing the hard hat, he just laughed because he saw how ridiculous I looked in it. He, he knew that he knew that there was no, no business. Um, <laughs> you know, a bunch of newspaper guys had, had, you know, playing dress up like construction workers. Nice hat, um, bro. It, it's an incredible, it is an incredible process though. It is, you know, it's a hundred foot, it's a hundred foot deep hole in the ground. Um, you know, because they had to build the stadium into the ground because it's in these flight paths and it was part of the FAA regulations. It couldn't be that high. So it it really is super interesting kind of to see how it's coming together. Um, I think it's going to be a really fun experience for people. Um, obviously, you know, this year, you know, we had the chance to go to, um, AT&T stadium in Dallas and kind of see that sort of one of the, like the NFL's like sort of signature stadiums. Yep. And there's no reason to think that this isn't going to be the, you know, just the same, um, just as, just as impressive, um, you know, and just as enormous, you know what I mean? Uh, I think Dean at one point said that, you know, you'll be able to fit three of them on the campus. That's insane. Um, it's going to be gigantic. Yeah. It's huge. And I, I think, you know, ultimately we'll see what kind of the other parts of it, how it all comes together. But I mean, this has a chance to be a, a real hub for the NFL, um, a real hub for sports. You know, this is a place that's going to have Super Bowls. It's going to have um, NCAA tournaments, final fours. It'll have everything. And yeah. I think maybe even Olympics, um, that, that, they have the, Olympics. the Olympics, it's going to have the opening ceremonies. It's going to have, you know, the opening closing ceremonies, the track. Uh, it's going to be really cool for Los Angeles. And it's really cool for for Inglewood, you know, to, for, for that town to have, you know, all of this kind of in one place. It's going to be a little bit different from StubHub, right? Oh, yeah. No, it, it is um, It is going to be um, three StubHubs all at once. And I, and I think, you know, StubHub has been kind of a it, – it's a fun – novelty isn't the right word, but but it, it, it's so unique that it is always really enjoyable to be there. Um, and, and I've loved covering games there because of the intimacy. I've loved watching kind of the players' interactions – with the crowd and, and the crowd's interactions, you know, the fans for both teams kind of interacting with one another. Um, I think some of that will get lost when you go into a, a place like this, but mm-hmm. you'll gain sort of the, the awe factor 
of walking in and seeing, you know, a roof that isn't attached to the stadium. You know, it's like, it's its own separate thing. It's like, it'll be, um, you know, it's like the word they use is like an indoor outdoor experience. And that's what it's going to, it's going to be crazy. Um, very Los Angeles. I, I think, uh, a lot of money, a lot of man hours have gone into this already, obviously two more years of it. And, um, I don't know. It's, um, it'll be a different drive to work. That's for sure. No doubt about that. Dan, get you out of here on this, man. Like we talked about at the top, it kind of felt like two or three seasons intertwined into one. You have the 0-4 start. They dug themselves yeah. out of it. They won four straight. Keenan Allen really the right in the middle of that success. 3-1 and to end the season. How are you going to remember this 2017 Chargers team? Um, as a team that probably should have been in the playoffs, ultimately. And I, I don't want to be negative on the way out, but I, I just think that this was a team that was playoff talented and, um, you know, particularly the, the defense, I think did so much to kind of put them in positions to be a dangerous playoff team and and the early season, special teams problems, some really weird stuff in Jacksonville kind of, I think you'll, you'll look back on this year and wonder, you know, especially if things go a little weird in the playoffs, you'll wonder like, could this have been a, a, a chance for the chargers just because it, they, they did have sort of a lot of the pieces um, that you would want in kind of a contender. And I think ultimately that'll be how I look back on it um, in the short term. But the good news is, is that you get to, you know, this all starts again so soon, you know, pretty quick here, Chris, it'll be, you know, we'll be looking at first round picks and trying to figure out what direction the charges are going to go in in the draft. And then it'll be off season again. And those all fly by again. As you were Learning about the NFL, Dan, it's a uh, 360. It never stops, man. We'll be at the Combine next month and Senior Bowl and draft. It's it's pretty nuts, man. What's what's next for you this offseason? I know you'll be doing Chargers stuff. Are you going to be kind of bouncing around, too, doing some other stuff? Yeah, Chargers, a little bit, helping out a little bit with the Rams playoff run, and then, uh, you know, probably popping on some of the, uh, the NBA stuff in town, too, um, and just kind of, you know, dip my toes back in the, the lake or clipper water and, and see what's going on with those guys. But, um, you know, obviously I think there's going to be a lot of charges stuff to kind of keep, keep an eye on as well. Um, you know, we'll see, I, I'm not anticipating any stuff this off season. Um, but, uh, that's usually the kiss of death. So we'll, yeah. see, we'll see what comes next. Quiet off seasons <laughs> are the best ones. Dan, you did an awesome job on the beat this year, man. I will, uh, I'll see you tomorrow and look forward to, to catching up throughout the off season, brother. All right, man. Sounds good. Chris. Be good. All right, in his promised at the top, here's Tom Telesco at his end-of-season press conference. Happy New Year, first of all. Um, obviously, uh, disappointed that we're doing this press conference today and we're not on the practice field. So that's, uh, um, look, our, our goal is to win a championship. And you know, in order to do that, you have to either, one, win your division, or, or two, secure a wild-card spot. So obviously, we did not win the division this year. Had enough wins uh, for a wild card spot, but obviously uh, lost on the on the tiebreaker. So, um, so here we are. But um, I will say I'm, I am I am very proud of the players and coaches this year, especially for how we finished the last three quarters of the season. Um, you know, the, the, probably the the one thing that really stuck out to me as far as uh, the difference from this year from 2016 is I really saw. Like a high level of grit and, de- and determination that we just lacked uh, last year. And I credit Anthony Lynn for that. Anthony has instilled that in this football team. I think we saw it week after week. I think we saw it after our 0-4 start. Um, you know, that was some tough times right there. We're talking about, 
you know, a team in a, in a new market, in a new stadium, try and get used to their surroundings. We start off poorly at 0-4. All right, now what are we going to do about it? And uh, our head coach never flinched once, and I think our players saw that. I don't think I know our player. I, I know our players saw that and reacted well to that. Um, and then started playing better football, got on a roll at the end of the year. So, but obviously it wasn't, wasn't quite enough uh, to get it done this year. But, uh, you know, we've come a long way in the last 12 months. If we think about where we were, some of us last year at this time and where we are now, it's uh, been a lot of change, but, but, but a, lot, um, a lot of challenges. But, but uh, um, we're on the right pace. We're, we're, we're going in the right direction. And uh, I can tell you that the commitment and the support from Dean and John and AG are a big reason why we've been able to navigate these last 12 months and, you know, get us in position for next year. So, um, and then just real quick, I'll touch on our, on the football team. Um, you know, offensively this year, uh, we had two goals coming into this year. We had, we had a lot of goals, but two points of emphasis where we had to cut their turnovers down and got to protect the quarterback. And I, I think we, we definitely did that. I mean, Philip did a great job protecting the football this year uh, at the quarterback spot. Um, I think we were third or fourth in the league in least amount of giveaways. Um, overall, we were plus 12 in the turnover ratio, which is one of the most important stats for correlating to wins. Um, something we've been stressing and trying to get to for years. We got there this year as far as creating turnovers on defense and not turning the ball over on offense. And I think everybody did a great job with that. Our skill position guys did a great job protecting the football this year. Um, and we protected the quarterback. I, I think, uh, you know, you, you lead the league and leave sacks allowed. That's, that, that's pretty good. And our new offensive line coach, Pat Meyer, did a great job with the group working there. You know, I know Melvin had a great year running the ball, but we still have some work to do in the run game, obviously. I feel good about that with Anthony and his staff moving forward. Um, and, you know, we had some struggles on offense scoring points early in the year. I think we saw that kind of get in the groove as the year went on. So, And then defensively, you know, most important stat on defense is points allowed. You know, we're third in the league in points allowed. So that was a big improvement in prior years. Uh, second most important stat is third down conversion rate. There we need some work. I think we were 18 or, 18 or 19 in the league there. Um, I think we have some pieces to get that down lower, but, but, but uh, we have some work to do there. And then third most important stat is red zone defense, and we're first in the league. Um, and that's another thing that we've been trying to get better at here. And uh, the guys did a great job. And, you know, the defense starting to get that vision of having some pass rushers, having some guys who can cover. They both work hand in hand. The pass rush helps the coverage. The coverage helps the pass rush. So um, we saw that this year. The guys played with a lot of enthusiasm. Um, it was, it, I'm not a big fan of the celebration rule, but I love the fact that when our defense makes plays, they celebrate together. It's not just individual. It, it, it's about we. It's not about me. And you saw that throughout the whole year, how those guys played, really on both sides of the ball. But you certainly see it on defense when those guys are celebrating. So that's good to see. Uh, special teams-wise, I thought our punt return game really improved uh, this year. I thought our coverage units did a nice job improving from the year before. Um, obviously, our, our kicking game was not, uh, was not NFL quality this year. Uh, if there's probably... Uh, you know, one of my biggest regrets this year is that I, I just do, I did not do a good enough job addressing that position, and I kind of put our head coach Anthony in a in a tough position as far as um, managing the football game. So, you know, it happens. Uh, not really happy about it. We'll kind of assess where we were, and and we'll get it fixed. 
Um, I'm very confident we'll be able to get that fixed, but obviously that, that just had to get better this year. And uh, we didn't, I did not do a good enough job there, but we'll, we'll, we'll get that addressed. Um, so that's just real quick on our, as just a quick overview on the football team. I'll just kind of open up the questions right there. Just talking to Philip and Anthony earlier this week, they, they both expressed kind of a desire for continuity. How, how important is that for you to kind of keep as many people involved with this team moving forward? And if you could touch on maybe the status of the coordinators kind of going forward. Sure. Yeah, you'd love to keep continuity um, with players and coaches, to be honest with you. It's just it's, uh, hard to do in this league. Um, our coaching staff, yeah, we, we'd, we'd love to keep all three coordinators. That's the plan. That's what we're expecting to do. Um, you know, we, we are going to lose one coach. We're going to lose James Craig. He's going to go to LSU as their head offensive line coach. So it's hard to keep your exact same staff year after year, uh, especially nowadays. But uh, that's our plan. How do you assess the, the season that Mike Williams had, just given that he was kind of in and out of the lineup? <clears throat> well, I'm, I'm pleased he got back on the field because, you know, early on during training camp, we just didn't know. Um, he worked really hard to get back, so you know that was that's good just for the learning part of it. Um, he had some receivers in front of him that a played real well and, and stayed healthy, and and Mike was he was way behind. It, that's it's receivers a tough position to come in this league as a rookie and play right away. And it's even harder when you miss all of OTAs and all of training camp. So um, we gradually got him in there. He did learn a good amount this year. It's going to take this off season of working with Philip, working with the quarterbacks. Uh, he knows the offense, but there's a difference between knowing the offense in a book and actually applying it on the field, getting used to the timing and reps with the quarterbacks um, that will all come this offseason. So at least we got him back on the field. He got some work, but you know, we're expecting more next year. What is your assessment of the defense, especially with uh, secondary with uh, Casey Hedwig and Trey Boston? How much of a priority will Trey Boston be in the offseason? I thought the secondary did a really, really good job. Um, I know we, they gave up the one big play against Oakland this past weekend. Um, but all in all, we did not give up very many big plays this year. I thought the corners did a great job. Um, safety's played really well. Um, you know, as far as free agents, you know, all of it, the season just ended. We'll kind of assess where we are, talk with the coaches. A lot of questions that have to be answered still. Um, but I was really pleased with that group. I was pleased with how Trey stepped in. And you talk about the enthusiasm on defense. I mean, you guys have, that are around Trey, that, that, that's him. And he brings that to you too. And he played, you know, played some really good football for us. See, Antonio Gates is going to be a free agent. Are you hopeful he'll bring him back? You know, we'll probably let some time go a little bit after the season now, and then sit down with Antonio, and uh, and just kind of talk to him and see what his thoughts are, what he's thinking, see what our thoughts, what we're thinking. And I don't have an answer for that right now, but I, I, I mean, he is. I mean, obviously, he's one of the greatest Chargers of all time, um, and to see a Hall of Famer this year, you know, really accept a secondary role. You don't see that very often. And still mentoring our young players on the practice field, still playing at, 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 a, at a really good level. And we saw that. And we've got two weeks to go in the season where we have to win two more games. We really need him. He steps up and plays at the same level as he had before. Um, that he's, he's a special, special guy. With the way they handled that, does that make you more willing to maybe be open to the possibility of coming back? It's... I shouldn't say it's rare how he handled it because we shouldn't be surprised the type of person he is. But he really did handle it well. And like I said, he stepped up and played, played really well those last two weeks. Um, he's, he's a, it's a unique situation with players like him. They just don't come along very often. Um, and there's a reason why he's going to the Hall of Fame. But you know, I don't have any answers right now moving forward, but we'll, we'll get there. 
So I asked you this last year. You're eligible for hard knocks again this season. <laughs> it's one of your favorite subjects to talk about. Would you be willing to, to, to do hard knocks this year? I'll tell you what. So we have a really good relationship with NFL Films, and, and Ross Kedover and his staff, they do really, really excellent work, and that show is really good because they give great access. Um, you know, am I, am I comfortable asking our players and coaches to work every day with microphones and cameras on them? Not entirely. Um, I just think people work differently when you're under the microscope like that being filmed. But that all being said, I realize there's also there's some benefits beyond football to being on that show. And we're pretty adaptable people here. And if, if it so happens that we do it, then we'll, we'll make it work. We'll adapt to it. Um, but, you know, we, we shall see. I gave my answer. Uh, Tom Casey and Melvin Gordon are free agents after next season. Is it going to be a priority for you guys to take care of this offseason, or are you guys only going to wait until next year? No, those are the things you look at in this offseason. It's not just, you know, you talked about the free agents. And, you know, when you look at what you have cap space-wise, you also have to take into account any extensions you want to do. So those are discussions we'll have, you know, between now and going into March, kind of see where we are. Kicking game, do you anticipate looking at veterans who've done it before? And, uh, you have fewer questions about going forward. I mean, we're going to look at everything. Yeah, young guys, veterans. We got to we got to get the right guy in here. Um, you know, it just didn't work out the way we had planned it this year. Is it possible you bring Novak back and, and make Kaiser a, a kickoff specialist? You know, Drew showed in that Dallas game that he can. He's got a chance to kick off if he starts working out a little bit more. Um, there's some kickers around the league that have kicked a long time. You know, Adam Vinatieri being one of them off the top of my head that, you know, he's had a kickoff specialist as a punter that's been doing the kickoffs for a while. So certainly something to look at. Um, it's, like I said, we, there's a lot of different ways we can go. We've got a lot of work to do on it. But, yeah, that's certainly an option, sure. Tom, uh, did, did Phillips' play this year change kind of your timeline for him and, your, and kind of in your mind for how long you think he can be successful in this league? You know, I haven't really had a timeline on him per se. Um, you know, at that position, because it is obviously so important, you're always looking for who that next guy would be, so you're always prepared to do that if the situation arises. Even my first year here, we, we scouted that position as hard as any other, because if that situation arises, we may have to go that route. Maybe the guy doesn't play right away. Maybe the guy sits for a number of years. Um, but, you know, Philip is... Uh, well prepared as anybody, still playing at a high level, um, but I don't really have a timeline for him. But I know he played really well for us this year, and expect him to come back to the same thing next year. How much of a priority is it to draft a quarterback this year, considering how Phillips playing right now? Like I said, it, it it's been a priority every year to have the next guy. I mean. You know, because obviously Kellen is the backup. Kellen is, is older as well, so you have to have a future plan. Um, and you just never know when that that opportunity is going to be there. So you just can't sit back and wait and then decide they go into one year and say, you know what, this year we're going to draft a quarterback because it may not line up for you. You don't go into a draft thinking, hey, this year we're going to draft a quarterback, running back, receiver. You never know how it's going to play out. So um, we'll be prepared whatever year it is. If the right guy's there at the right spot, then, then we do it. Because as well as Phillip's playing, we know, you know, Phillip's not going to be here for 10 more years. Um, I'm hoping he's here for a good amount of more years, but uh, you know we have to have a plan for the future. That's part of our job. What are your thoughts on Cardell as possibly one of those guys that's going to get better? You know what? We saw some great tools this year, and, and Anthony had even mentioned it during the season. I mean, he makes you know two or three throws each practice that really open your eyes. Um, 
And now we'll have at least you know the full off season of him getting to know the offense and then get a good look at him in, the, in training camp in the preseason. He certainly has the skills to do it. So, which is one of the reasons why we brought him in. Tom, how's Horst recovering from surgery, and kind of you, when do you anticipate him back in the field? Uh, everything is on on target. Um, hopefully, some point in, in OTAs he'll, he'll work back in. I mean, the, the positive of him getting hurt early is that will he'll be on the field earlier. So he got hurt in August. So some point in OTAs, hopefully, when he's on track. How did the other rookie kind of offensive line grade out over the course of the season? I know you haven't done your full evaluations yet, but how did Dan Feeney play? And you saw a little Sam Tebby, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought Dan did a really nice job. He really did. Um, I think like most rookies, the later you get in the year, um, it gets tough. It's a long season. It's a grind. He battled through it. Um, but I think he's got a bright future. And I think Sam, when he, Sam stepped in, he held his own. Um, and I think Sam's got some developmental qualities to help us in whatever role that may be. Um, but uh, it's good to have some youth in there. We have Forrest Lamp coming up, coming back. I thought Russell Okun did a really, really solid job for us at left tackle. I mean, he was a rock for us over there. He's a team leader. Um, he protected the blind side for Phillip and, and uh, you know, was just really reliable for us over there. Tom, you just finished your fifth season. How would you evaluate your job as an interim manager from when you started till now? That's usually your job, right? Right, evaluating my job. So, look, we got to get better. Um, just got to get better. I mean, you can't. We can't win a championship unless we get in the playoffs. And like I said before, there's only two ways in. We got to find a way to win the division. We haven't won the division since I've been here. So that that's really starts there. Um, but you know, I think we're on the right track. I, I wish we could get started next year right now. As far as actually playing, we got to wait for this season to end and then get ready to go. Barrett, health-wise, and with him coming back on the fifth-year option, how much flexibility does that give you at that position with the way Trevor played? Yeah, so um, yeah, he's on track. He was even he was doing some running yesterday on the grass. Um, I couldn't be more excited to add him to the group. I mean, I, I thought the secondary did a really great job. I thought Trevor stepped up. Um, it seems like he was very quiet, but he played really, really good football. And obviously with Casey on one side, people are going to start to target Trevor a little bit. Trevor stepped up every single time. So, um, And Desmond King gave us great snaps in a variety of different ways. We had Jason in that group. That, that's very, very strong. And, and, and this is a passing league. You have to be able to cover. And you need a lot of corners. You need a lot of different styles sometimes too. So you know, I'm, I'm glad to get him back in the mix. And he's, he, he's one of our leaders he really is. He's got some intangible um, leadership characteristics that are hard to find. With that many guys that can play at that position, do you look to be a little flexible? Maybe one of those guys is able to play safety, or how, how do you mix all those guys in? Yeah, I hadn't, you know, I hadn't got that far yet. I just know you need a lot of corners in this league. We were really, really lucky that our top three, top four corners played 16 games this year. And the top three guys played all 16 games, so Michael Davis really didn't play a whole lot at corner. That rarely does that happen. So, uh. <laughs> being more conservative with Jason working back in just because of last year and him aggravating it when he did come back. Uh, I don't know about being more conservative, I and mean, you just be smart with it. I don't think we were overly aggressive with it last year. It just kind of happened the way it did. So, um, you know, this surgery wasn't. You know, it wasn't an ACL reconstruction, which takes a lot longer. So he'll be back in the, in the off-season program a little bit earlier, but uh, we'll, we'll be smart with it. This is maybe a really big question, but how, how, how does this team go about scoring more points? It, it, it feels like you guys were, you know, obviously had a quarterback that threw for a ton of yards. You had receivers that caught a ton of 
ton of yards. A running back ran for over a thousand yards. But are you happy with the point totals? And what does this team need to do to get better in the red zone? The way that question started, I thought it was gonna be a really bad question, but it actually turned out all right. Um, <laughs> no, because it's, it's 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 an interesting question though, because we, you know we moved the ball a lot. I don't know where we end up in scoring, but it probably wasn't as high as you would think. Um, a lot of that's just red zone offense, um, and obviously some missed field goals doesn't help either. But a lot of this red zone offense, um, it's a situational football. It's a passing league, number one. It's a situational football league too, and we got to get better in, in the red zone, getting seven and not three. Um, we have the, the pieces to do that. You know, we've got, we have Melvin. You know, Austin Eckler did a really nice job for us this year. We had the tight ends, we had the receivers. It's just a matter of trying to score a little more in the red zone. I think it's there. Around a lot of good receivers. What kind of year did Allen have? What impressed you about him? Um, yeah, I have a hard time just you know comparing, but uh, the way he worked in the offseason to come back from the injury was was really in, impressive. Like he was on a mission to get back, and then once he got back, um, I mean, he was just determined, determined to show what he could do. And you know, there's. There's obviously other receivers in the league that are great route runners. I don't know if anybody's better than Keenan. There's some other guys that are pretty good too. But um, Keenan, he's a great route runner, and he just has a natural feel for the game that I think he's just born with. And he's got a great rapport with our quarterback too. So, um, I mean, he was a tough cover for a lot of people this year, and a lot of people knew we were going to him on third down, and, and he still still produced for us. You talked about sort of the running game. You look more well, I think with improving the running game, it's more or less you know working on what we have right now. Um, I think the pieces are there. You know, Anthony Lynn comes from a background of really knowing how to run the football. Um, so I'm confident we'll get better there. You know, the the numbers looked okay this year. I think we can be a lot better there. Yes. Do you feel like a lot of things that you guys implemented early on led to the success of that? I hope. I mean, it could have been luck, right? It could it could have been luck, but we did we changed a lot in the off season, and I, I got to say, at least some of this got to help. Um, everything from nutrition to strength and conditioning to training to even our practice fields and everything in between. And we changed about ten, eleven, twelve things that tried to make a difference with injuries. And then you got the, you know, the other thing is always luck. But um, and our players bought into it; they really did. And a lot of it's just, you know, there's a lot of extra work you have to do to keep your body ready, and a lot of it's on them too. But a lot of it's the resources we can give them, and we gave them as many resources we possibly could. We did a lot of study last year. I talked to a lot of different people about some different things. It's, there's no, nothing magical, but we we implemented a lot of different things, and um, it came out. I mean, we had some guys that go down, which was going to happen. But all in all, I thought we were a pretty healthy football team this year going into the going into the end, which is another reason why, you know, it would have been nice to get in the playoffs to give us a chance here because I thought we had a pretty good team going in, but we didn't do enough to get there. Tom, can you give us a look at what the next two, three months look like for you and your staff? Do you prepare for the combine free agency and see what that's like? Um, I guess probably threefold. One, still assessing our current team, getting together with the coaches, talking about. And some of that, we got to take a little bit of time off not time off, but step away and not do some evaluations right away, right after the season's over. Because I know the coaches, it's a long year. It's a grind. We're all upset we didn't make the playoffs. Take a step back, give it a couple days, go back, look at our players again, kind of assess what they did well, what they didn't, 
some strengths and weaknesses, some needs for next year. Um, and then this month we also have some college all-star games to do some college draft work. Our scouts will be at different all-star games. I'll try and get to a couple as well. And then with the pro scouts, as far as free agency, assessing these are some of our needs, what's out there, how does it line up with our salary cap, those sorts of things. So January is a pretty big planning month, except for the college work. That's a little more scouting. And then uh, February is uh, really a lot of the same thing. You start implementing it in March. I think so. I think so. And, and uh, you know, when you look at the cap number, you have a lot of times people think, well, that's how much money you can spend on free agents. It's not always the case. You have your restricted free agent tenders will take up some spots. <laughs> Obviously, you have to have a budget for next year's injury reserve. Um, any extensions you do is going to take up space, but we think we have enough space to do what we need to do. Tom, have you guys heard anything about playing next year, whether it be in Mexico City or uh, the uh, United Kingdom? Like I have not yet. I, I, that's a, it's more on, on the league level, and I think they'll probably have something out in the next couple of weeks. Usually is when they announce the teams are playing in the international games, but I, I don't have anything yet. What were your impressions of the team's first year step up center? Well, we won the last five games there. We won five in a row at the end, so um, we finished well. Um, you know, I think the longer we're here, the better we play, the better the atmosphere will be. You know, I think it's a, it's a pretty neat place to watch a football game. Um, but, you know, we're the new kids on the block, and we got to show what we are, show that we're an exciting team to watch. Got to get in the playoffs and get people excited, and uh, there will be more and more Charger fans there. When you look at the Chiefs, 0-8, and, and two losses to them this year, as a talent man, do you consider maybe Chief-specific traits that will help you get players who could beat them, or is that too far down the line? There's something there that maybe you feel like you could address. Well, we'd like to beat them. That is true. We were 0-2 against them this year, and they won the division, so they're the team to beat. Um, hard to build your team to go beat one team. we got a lot of other teams we got to play, so... But uh, obviously, they're they're leading the division right now. They're they're well coached and they're they're talented. We got to beat them. And that's going to do it for this week's episode. My thanks to Dan Wojcik for joining me, and thanks to you all for listening. Be sure to download and subscribe to Chargers Weekly wherever you listen to podcasts, and please leave a review in iTunes. It helps us spread the word and move up the charts so we can get this to as many Chargers fans as possible. And hey, even though it's the off season, Chargers Weekly isn't going anywhere. We'll be here to get you ready for the Senior Bowl the Combine, free agency, and of course the NFL Draft. We'll leave you with some of the best calls from 2017 from Matt Money Smith and Nick Hardwick. And until next time, I'm Chris Harey. Second and goal now. Rivers in the shotgun, empty set. Gates inside on the right. Again looking for Gates. Going to the end zone. Touchdown, Chargers! Antonio Gates, get that ball to Kent and grab Antonio's gold jacket while you're there. His 112th touchdown reception, the most ever by a tight end. He has become the most successful touchdown-catching tight end in NFL history. He is mobbed in the end zone by his teammates. Melvin Ingram, without his helmet, ran all the way out to the back of the end zone. And a Hall of Fame-worthy reception there. Gordon in the backfield. Allen all alone on the left. Just gets it in time. Going underneath for Gordon. Has the reception. Five to the corner of the end zone. Touchdown Chargers, knock on wood.
Rivers to Gordon for the second time today. It's a 10-yard touchdown pass. Black Hole is alive and waving their hands. Fans powerless to control this one. Snap, hold, kick is up, and it is good. Chargers win 17-16. They defeat the Raiders. Travis Benjamin set up at the Charger 35 to return. Kick is away. It's low, and it's wobbly. Takes a big bounce into the hands of Benjamin at the 45. Now at the 40 to the 45-50. Still on his feet. 45-40. Nobody in front of him. Travis Benjamin on the numbers. Left sideline. Touchdown, Chargers. Travis Benjamin on the punt return. 65 yards. Snap. Hand off to Gordon. Trying to stretch it to the right side. Turns it upfield. 20. Outside. 30. Outside the numbers. Nobody in front of him. 50. 40. 30. 20. Will he be caught at the 10? 5. Touchdown, Chargers. Melvin Gordon. 87 yards. What a run. And it took every one of those yards to get Melvin Gordon in. He was being chased down from behind. Excellent job up front by Kenny Wiggins with a good key block. And what a way to start the game off for the Chargers on the offensive side of the ball. Down to five on the play clock. Rivers still resetting the play. Down to three, two. Takes the shotgun snap. Looking right. Going up top right for Keenan. Back to catch. And touchdown. Dives in. Keenan Allen with his second touchdown grab of the season. A 21-yard strike from Phillip Rivers. Shotgun snap. Throws left. Keenan Allen dives toward the end zone. Signal touchdown. Rivers to Allen for the second time today. Trips left. All the way out wide left is Williams. It's a handoff to Gordon. Looking to get that right corner. Uses a stiff arm five. It steps into the end zone. Touchdown, Chargers. Melvin Gordon, a 10-yard run to the right corner. Clock at eight minutes and counting here in the fourth quarter. Chargers up 47-17. Handoff to Eckler. Burst through the A-gap to the 10-5. Touchdown, Chargers. Austin Eckler. Oh, play that guitar. In the shotgun, two receivers left, looking that way. Now rolls out under pressure, and that pass is picked off. Desmond King, 25-30, cuts inside of the 35-40, 45-50. No one in front of him. He's going to go to the end zone, the rookie out of Iowa at the 10-5, 90-yard pick six. Desmond King, touchdown, Chargers, knock on wood.